Well, look at this. And we've made it to episode 10. Oh, my God. And we're still counting. And I love that for us. Welcome to Chris and Sarah. Wear Wear the the pants. Hold for the music because we know that's where it goes. Double figures. Oh, man. How exciting. How are you? I am delighted. Mm. I'm delighted, Sarah. You're wearing a gorgeous bright pink top, a gorgeous ring. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm wearing my special plastic ring that I got from Orange that's really extra. I love it. Um, It's just like an old plastic. It's jewel. It's like got a yellow jewel in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's made of purple plastic and yellow plastic and it's just dramatic. One day we're going to film these episodes and people's minds will be blown. A hundred percent. I am wearing tracksuit pants mm-hmm. and an op shop shirt. Mm-hmm. Of course I am. You're wearing a purple, beautiful dress with As black always. spots mm-hmm. and a big black jumper. No mm-hmm. coat for you today. Um, absolutely no coat. It is a gorgeous day. It uh, is. Chris, I, I've got to confess. I'm, I'm a little bit bummed out this morning. No. You know what? Because no. I went to my beloved local cafe to get a coffee and there was a Felice sign up and it was closed. Oh. Can you imagine? I've been ghosted by a cafe I go to most days. Honestly, your suffering is is like, you know, you haven't talked about it before, but mm-hmm. like it is I'm huge. opening up. Yeah, thank podcast. you for being brave. You know, we feel for you. But this is a statement as to how important the local cafe is. <laughs> In you, I, I was blown. I was like, no one told me. Why would they tell me? But you know what yeah, I mean? no. I like, They're going to, oh, we better call Sarah. Yeah. Who's that? You know the one that comes in like once every like three weeks? No, I was more for a fuck off. That was way more regular. Do you go every day? Uh, most days. Yeah. It's kind of, it's weird these days there is no sense of community because none of us do anything in yeah. the community except mm. buy something from the shops. Mm. And then we get this sense of community from just going and giving our money to someone to give us coffee. When they clearly have no idea who I am. They don't care. Yeah. No, I mean, they do care. I mean, you know, that's how you build a business. I mean, fuck, we know that as an artist, mm. allegedly, yeah. you know, from like just finally getting people starting to come regularly to things or, you know. Exactly. And you remember people who come to your shows a lot. Like you recognise people. Yes, absolutely. And and even people who – I get little messages from a few little friendies that I've made. You can just call them friends. Well, I like to call – there's no need for it to be boring when it can be fun, Sarah. <laughs> That's true. Um, there is so little fun in the world if I if I want to put friendies in there. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so I get a little message every now and then from a friend from, who I've not met face-to-face no. called Jess and she's from Melbourne. Ooh. And Jess calls me son and it's the – I, I just that. find that hysterical. I love that. She's younger than me. I've mm. never met her mm-hmm. and she's decided that she calls me son. Great energy. It is great energy. I she's love that. very funny. Mm. Um, so this is a person I've never met but mm. just through comedy we have become friends online. It's quite quite special. That's magical. So, I love that. I mean, maybe you can uh, cr- cultivate with a new cafe mm. uh, this kind of relationship, you know. I'll think about it. It's going to take some time to get over the ghosting yeah. though. It is sad. Mm. It is. I mean, you've written a song about ghosting, Sarah. I have. A, a whole sea shanty, in fact. Yeah, and it's the best. Thank you. We should play one on. We, we should. We should play one on here sometime. We absolutely can. So people know. That I can sing. Well, just, yeah. It's not a bad idea. It is, actually. We, why don't we play it? Let's do it. Okay, so I could play it now. Like, we could play it now. I could edit it in. Okay. Um, we just need to tr- trim Let's um, do it. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to play. Now, what's it called, Sarah? It's called a ghosting shanty. Okay. This is for all those cafes that are, like, just disappearing and ghosting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to say language warning, but this whole podcast The whole is podcast language. is explicit. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy Sarah's sea shanty called? Uh, a ghosting shanty. If you have a date and you don't want the date and you need to get out of the date, there are things you can say to get out of the date. Just don't ghost your date. You can say that you're sick, that your tum hurts a bit. You can say you've been called away. You can say your dog died or you're watching the wire and you can't pull yourself away. Hey! If you have a date and you don't want the date and you need to get out of the date, there are things you can say to get out of the date. Just don't ghost your date. Say something came up, you can keep it vague as fuck, you can be specific as well. You were helping your mum paint, suddenly she felt faint, and off a ladder she fell. 
She fell to the ground and her pulse you found It was faint, it was touch and go So you stole a car, drove her to the ER She lived and you're a hero But you can't make the fucking date though If you have a date and you don't want the date And you need to get out of the date There are things you can say to get out of the date Just don't ghost your date Your car broke down, your pension chiller drowned You're in prison without parole Out on an amble and with zero preamble Abducted in plain sight on the road You were bound and gagged on your head a bag You were breathing through a small hole Then they let you free, mistaken identity Be concussion from the baseball bat blow So you can't make the fucking date though Hey! If you have a date and you don't want the date And you need to get out of the date There are things you can say to get out of the date Just don't ghost your date Went for a skydive, never felt so alive Then your parachute would not untie You went plummeting down head first in the ground Then you literally died You were literally dead, damaged to the head Police tape all over the road There was a police inspector and you returned as a spectre You didn't ghost, but you're an actual ghost So you can't make the fucking date go If you have a date and you don't want the date And you need to get out of the date There are things you can say to get out of the date Just don't ghost your date and we're back. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That that was that is one of my favourite new songs of yours. Even though it was from this year's show, and you're writing new stuff already, mm-hmm. but that for me still is new. It is. I love the I love the shanty genre. I was really thrilled with that. It's bloody great. It, was- it's a real stomper. Like people get singing along and clapping and stuff. It's bloody great. Absolutely. And that's an exclusive because it's actually not on Spotify yet. Oh, mm. thanks for sharing it on the pod, mm. Sarah. No, you're very oh welcome. Oh, my God. I wasn't planning on doing that. I know. None of this was planned. Um, before we get into it, let's talk about your new little device. I'm there. obsessed. Okay. Speaking of, you know, how important getting a daily hot beverage is. Mm-hmm. Of course. I bought myself a travel mug after seeing a new friend of mine, Jen Wong, with this Kinto mm-hmm. travel mug. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I don't know why it's so good, but everyone apparently knows about it. And mm-hmm. it's it's like hugely insulated. You can have a cold or a really hot beverage in it mm-hmm. for as long as you like. Mm-hmm. My friend Jen, and I keep saying my friend because she's a brand new friend and mm. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. She explained that because I don't know much about tea. I said to her, look, I'm a white girl tea girl. You know, mm-hmm. like I, all I know is black tea mm-hmm. and the odd bit of peppermint. She goes, oh, I've got a lot of education to give you. She said a jasmine tea is like a companion during the day. I love that. I love it too. And it probably doesn't make you manic like companion coffee does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a less manic companion. Yeah. So now I'm drinking peppermint tea from my Kinto mug or whatever it's called and I feel like a different person, Sarah. Do I look different? You, <laughs> you do. I walked in. I walked in. I was like, why is Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> In Chris's apartment, and where is Chris? I don't want to do a podcast with Gwyneth Paltrow. No, she, she. I think. I'm well, sure she has. I'm sure you, surely she has. You'd one. get a few laughs out of her. I'm sure know. you would. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she has a podcast. Mm. But good on her. But it's not about her. It's about you. And it's I know. A, it's I have a to tell you, mug. there are st- there's still steam coming out of it, and it burnt my tongue just then as I tried to sip it quickly. I have a crazy pitch. Tell me, what if Kinto is our first sponsor? sponsor. Do you I'm reckon sh- they would? No. Nah. Well, they sound. I've never heard of the company, but it sounds mm. like they're big, and so they're probably. Big. Probably they want Gwyneth Paltrow. They absolutely don't want us. Yeah. You know, I'm still waiting. Some Someday, Sarah, mm-hmm. someone other than a weird marketing firm that wants us to pose with a solar panel. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened. No they, gonna... no, they didn't want me. They wanted you. They said they wanted over 45s. And I was like, wow. Someone other than them is going to email us and be like, we want you on our brand and, yeah. and it'll be some awesome ethical brand and we'll be like, okay. But do you reckon it'll be a like, we'll be right back and then the ad plays? Because I reckon we'll want to read it. Like you know, I will yeah. want to read that ad. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever it takes. But people not get it. People think it's a bit because we've spent so long doing <laughs> fake ads. <laughs> One day it's going to happen, fam. Mm, absolutely. Oh, my God. Um, how How's your week been, Sarah Gall? Good. It's been really good. I have done a bunch of gigs and we're literally – this is so stupid. But, like, you know when you have something on that day and you wake up in the morning and you're like, what's our gig tonight? Great. And it kind of, like, 
the whole day is leading Did you say the word great? Great. After gig tonight? Because yeah. I never think that. Oh, really? <laughs> Hardly but ever. When, but when you get there, it's yeah. like, oh, here's all these people that yeah. I love and, like, you know, the audience is there and this and that. But, mm. like, for me having anything on, I'm like, oh, that's my day. Yeah, totally. Mm. I'm the same. Mm-hmm. So you had a gig last night. I did. It was it was uh, challenging. It was challenging uh, and I did well. I was proud good of how I you. did. I got a good response from the audience. Yeah, we love that. And when I, this was actually going to be one of my pants moments. Mm, okay, well, should we save it or – do you want to give it now? Oh, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Um – the so I was kind of standing backstage and like you know it had been like a bit of a struggle no one's fault and then um I was kind of standing there and I was like like you know I just I don't know how this is gonna you know when you're standing backstage at a gig that is challenging and then I was like imagine if 16 year old me was here and I got to tell her that I'm getting paid to sing stupid comedy songs like I'm doing this professionally and I was like fuck it even like you know, it'll it'll either go great or it'll be a great story or I'll learn something and that's the end of it. Fuck it, yeah. It went fine. It was, oh, yeah. I love that. Mm. We forget. Um, we forget. How we lucky. so forget. We forget how lucky we are. Yeah, yeah, and how much we wanted this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ungrateful turd I am sometimes. Mm. But what then I get to the gig and I'm like, oh, I feel good. I went to an open mic um, at Friend in Hand the other night mm-hmm. and – and the audience were beautiful. Like they were great and they were pumped and it was a mm. great lineup. Um, and I I was scared shitless because I was going to do brand new. Mm. Um, in the end I just sandwiched old, new, old. Great. Really yeah. good way to do it. Only way to do it. Um, and for our friends who aren't uh, regular comedy goers, uh, what is an open mic? Oh, open mic is when you're supposed to be trying new material. Because it's know? not paid? Yeah, it's not paid. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but mind you, this open mic was fairly well curated. Mm. John Crookshank, bloody Dan Muggleton, um, you know, All killer. Becky Lucas, All killer. Jen Carnavale, uh, Patrick Glamco. That I mean, is the open mic you'd absolutely was, want to be going to. Yeah, even, Frida de Guise. It was oh a fucking God. crush Because fest. everyone's, even if everyone was doing new untested material, it would still be like one of the best nights. Yeah. Because they're, everyone's so it good on that lineup. It was sick as. Including you, of course. Oh, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Glebe, in Glebe, Friend in Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Mike in Hand. Mm-hmm. And I guess whatever night it was, uh, night before last, what was that? Monday? Monday night? What day is it? Monday yeah, night, yeah. I think it's Wednesday tonight. Mm. So um, I had last night off. Fuck, that was nice. Yeah. You did a little self-care night. I did a self-care night. I had a massively long bath with clove oil in it. Have you ever smelt clove oil? No, I haven't. It's divine with a bit of lavender. And uh, and then I watched um, about three episodes of Succession. I'm nearly Great. at the end. Mm-hmm. I did fall asleep at the end. That's the way to do um, it, though. Which is the way. Mm. I've not done that, you mm-hmm. know, in so long. And I'd, I've been sleeping well, Sarah. Great. I, Yep. Since you did your pants moment, and this is a really good segue to mine. Can I just like do one really small thing? A fundamental difference between us is I can't do baths. Okay. And you love baths and I wish I could love baths like you do. We have a few real differences Mm -hmm. that don't matter at all. No. Like pants versus dress slash skirt Mm -hmm. and obviously now shower v bath. Mm Mm-hmm. Your pants moment. My pants moment is that I went and got a new psychologist Oh, great. And um, and also I've been listening to the advice of my GP that I think I might mention previously. Mm. I've been exercising vigorously mm. so every day. So you've kept that going since uh, last I week. I have. Yeah, great. And I, I think it's helped me sleep better. Oh, fantastic. And um, so my new psychologist is fucking sick. Oh, she's so just good. like she, – she's just very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to change the neural pathways in my brain with positive thinking. Oh, my God. I know. And I, you know what? I'm here for it. It sounds a bit woo-woo, but it also it sounds is really also, exciting. She literally mm. has degrees and, yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and also may I say I've got a personal mantra and maybe at the end of this, like right, not right now, but I'd like you to think of a personal mantra or people if they want to think of their mm-hmm. own. Can my I personal pers- mantra mm-hmm. is I can do this. What, what if mine's like absolutely not? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a very negative way to go Just through the world, boundaries. Sarah. Yeah, okay, well, a boundary set is no. a good thing. Wait, what was yours? I can do this. That is such a great mantra. It's just simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. wanky. It's just I can do this. Mm-hmm. Anyone could say that. It's good unless you're like maybe like at a hot dog eating competition <laughs> or like looking at a line of tequila shots. <laughs> True. Mm, but I love it. True. I think that's great. And I'm proud of you for going. It's Thank a you. lot. It's a lot. It's a lot just to like – 
get the go to the GP and get the referral and then uh-huh. go and then like the you know and you did it. Do it's all great. the things. It does actually help. Mm. Turns out. Don't you hate it when medical professionals help? I hate that. Mm. For I hate that for us because mm. <laughs> <laughs> like it just means more things we have to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of just like fixing ourselves by reading our wanky friends' Facebook statuses. Exactly. But then when you um, improve yourself, you don't have the excuses that you previously. I know. <laughs> this really it's pros and cons. Mm. Isn't it? <laughs> Stay unwell and <laughs> yeah, forgive no, but you're on a journey. It's great. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on a journey. And the All Pants right. Brigade get to hear it. Speaking of the Pants Brigade, oh my God. and it occurred to me as I was saying that that I don't know how we're going to do this, but we have now a mailing list Ah, yes, that you can join and we will tell you about live shows, things coming up in your area, but also you will get a newsletter from us. We're going to write – we decided this five minutes Just before now. recording. Uh, and But now it's on record. So how often are we sending out this newsletter? I'm vibing weekly. Wow. Mm. You are a hardworking person. Mm. Okay, so weekly we're going to have a, a column each in this mm-hmm. weird newsletter, perhaps with a photograph. I love that. Why don't we have a photograph That's each? That's great. Not mm-hmm. necessarily of us but just something mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. Um, and uh, that'll go out to anyone on our mailing list and you can't get it anywhere else. That's so exactly right. that's what we're doing. Written exclusively by us. You can uh, get there via our Instagram. There's a link there that you can sign up and you can unsubscribe anytime. Absolutely. And we won't spam you. Great. Until we get our sponsors, then we're going to be sending oh, you then, emails. Then we'll do center. whatever they tell us to yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be slaves to them. Um, uh, but also if you want to join our mailing list and don't know how, send us an email at chrisandsarahweatherpants yep. at gmail.com and we'll pop you straight on. Or click on the link on Linktree on our Instagram, mm-hmm. Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants. Um, just quietly, mm-hmm. you know how I've got that filming coming up and maybe by now it'll be finished. I've been reaching out to... Newcastle community groups, like mm-hmm. women's groups, mm-hmm. and posting on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got forty tickets sold. <gasps> That's amazing. Out of ninety, well done. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. I'm stoked about that. That's and if, so- if the pants situation has anything to do with it, I'm very grateful. It's and it's still a week and a half away. Mm. That's huge. It's good. Mm. All right. I want to just quickly touch on some feedback we had from Carol. Okay. Um, a few when you weeks call it ago. feedback, it makes me feel dread. Oh, no, no, no. Not feedback. Um, what's the word for it? Correspondence. Correspondence. Mm. So Carol has written in and, and um, a few weeks ago you'll recall the terrible stuff that happened around the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Carol actually came at that with a different angle. Um, also just saying, you know, she absolutely loves our podcast, which we are very grateful Thank for. Thank you, Carol. Um, but she just said... Um, once you start digging into like feminist history, mm-hmm. um, it's bamboozling. Even the submersible situation has revealed a typically sexist situation, re the Titanic. You may know the story. When it went down, most of the survivors were women and children who all reported that it had broken in half before sinking. Of course, all the men of the day, engineers, shipbuilders, designers and so forth, had never heard of this happening, so discounted those eyewitness accounts. Oh, because the women don't know what <clears> As hysterical about. women. Yeah. And decided the ship would have sunk intact. <laughs> based on? <laughs> based on penises. I don't know. Stupid, so fucking stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, it was only years later when the wreckage was discovered in two pieces that the official story was amended. So even when women see something happen with their own eyes, it's ignored until men see it too. Mm. Honestly, oh, my. gaslighting goes, living forever. My God, it makes me furious on about a gazillion levels. Us too, mm. Carol, us too. That's great. That is I a reckon, fucking great story. Can one of us do a whole um, story on the Titanic? Mm. Maybe if we can find the articles. Mm. Yeah, let's have a crack at that. But that's um, – thank you, Carol. That's, that's so awesome. And, and I, one little more bit of feedback of from Carol. Um, what I'm really enjoying in your podcast is that initially when you both bring forward an article from a comedic perspective, it's funny because you guys are fucking funny – and then you both take the discussion on a bit of a journey and, yep, then we are talking seriously about body image issues and Divi Labs. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Um, that are still very rela- relevant today and I find myself agreeing with everything you're saying. And she goes on to talk about um, body image mm-hmm. and how at the age of uh, 50 – Mm-hmm. Um, Golden age. 51. She walked 60K with an incredible group of women, which was an incredible achievement, right? Wow. Yep. Congrats, Carol. And then she knows how amazing that is, right? But she looked at the photos afterwards and was like, oh, I'm disgusting, right? And it's because – and she's not. Her mm-hmm. body has achieved something extraordinary, but mm-hmm. yet we still look at ourselves in pictures mm-hmm. and go, oh, my God, my double chin, I'm disgusting. Well, it's like um, – I mean, not that – 
it, it's sort of similar to like uh, as an example in episode one when he talked about the gala. It's kind yeah. of because that's an, a very similar to what mm. Carol's saying. It's an incredible achievement uh, to be on that lineup, mm. to be on TV, and you had a similar experience. I did, and yeah. then you kind of look back. I at can't it. even look at the clip. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. But Carol, congrats on walking sixty k's. That sounds yep. like something I would do. Legend, absolute mm. legend. So thanks for that, and keep your keep your correspondence coming in, people. We, absolutely, we absolutely love it. We really so do. I'm going to kick off with a story, Sarah Gall. Yes. This is from the Wireless Weekly. Now, I've, I've gone down a bit of, you know how I, I get into this sort of idea of us as broadcasters because I, I welcome that idea, mm. Sarah. Um, the, uh, for the record, as do I. Great. Uh, and if, yeah, yeah, we want jobs in commercial radio, even in Whoop Whoop for a few years. We'd mm-hmm. do it, wouldn't we, Sarah? Absolutely. Yeah. The Wireless <laughs> Weekly, uh, um, the 100% Australian Radio Journal, and this was December 30, 1939. Um. Okay, this is the, in, it's a weird title and it's quite long. Julia in search of a word or through darkest dictionary with rod and gun. I don't know what that means. I don't know what of that words means. Words really thrown together, isn't it? Yeah, I really don't know what mm-hmm. that means. So let's. This is from the perspective of a journalist, I, I presume, and I'm guessing it's a woman. Um, well, folks, I've been falling down on my job. I'm sorry. I must make a full confession. When I was reading my Wireless Weekly last week, I found that the Housewives Association and the Feminist Club had complained about the type of jokes being heard on air. <laughs> You've got a mouthful of tea, a coffee. <laughs> I'm trying to spit on the microphone. <laughs> Can you believe there was a Housewives Association? I was going to be like, can I join the Feminist Club? Can I be in all of those associations, please? So I thought, my, my, my. I thought, and again, my, my, shall it be said that Julia has has been missing anything? No, no, a thousand times no. Um, The next three days, therefore, I spent glued to my radio all the time I listened. Once or twice I thought, ah, here it comes. But no, I was mistaken. The only time I heard anything approaching a questionable joke, it was in the BBC News when they said something rude about a German. <laughs> <laughs> and context in 1939. 1939. Yep. It was pretty much the height mm-hmm. just before the war, Second World War. They said he was a nasty fellow. Probably true. Only stronger. I wonder what they said. I can't bring myself to repeat the actual words because, after all, this is a home magazine. I decided, therefore, that as I hadn't heard anything myself which was offensive, I would go around and visit some people, not members of the Feminine Club or the Housewives Association, but ordinary people like you and I. Oh, Actually, you and me. So misogynist. So (laughs) this is Julia's written this, right? So she's basically saying she's been – there was a – there was a, the Housewives Association and Feminist Club complained about the type of jokes being heard on the wireless, on, on radio, and she didn't hear it so she went and interviewed just random fucking people. So here's some um, – here's a – okay, this is a subheading. Who cares, says Mrs B. <laughs> Sorry, preach. <laughs> well, first I visited Mrs B who lives in my street. She's really fucking extended herself here, hasn't she? She's just gone, oh, I might just go um, next door. Pop into Mrs B, yeah. see what she thought. I call, um, she has five children and a bad leg. <laughs> what a lovely detail that is. What a great is. band name. Right? Five, five children five. and a bad leg. Um, I asked her what she thought and she said, what nonsense <laughs> and who cares? <laughs> if people had as many children as I have and a bag, bad leg to boot, if you know what I mean, no, they I wouldn't. Don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't. They wouldn't go around worrying about whether a thing meant what it sounded like or had another meaning. <laughs> then she told me about when she had her fourth and what Dr. R thinks about her leg. <laughs> And how she hopes the 6th will skip Christmas and arrive in time for New Year. She's still going. Oh, my God, why? What, uh, it was 1939. She's probably Catho. Um, four and a half um, – I'm ex-Catholic. I'm allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. Four and a half hours later when I left Mrs R – so she's slagging Mrs R now, right? But after spending oh, four and a half Mrs. hours B. in her home. I'd almost forgotten what I went for. <laughs> Me every time I come to your house. Like, why am I here? I know. What is this podcast anyway? <laughs> um, 
Well, to cut a long story short, I visited about 11 friends and acquaintances and most of them wanted to know where they could listen to the things complained about. They wanted to hear some chick bashing online. Um, One or two, I regret to admit, were quite eager. They said, in effect, yippee, an amusing radio program. Where from? Well, naturally, I was frustrated. There is nothing worse than a frustrated journalist unless it's two frustrated journalists. Hello. Bit of bang, bang. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Butter bing. I don't know. I don't know what you were going for. <laughs> I've lost my brain. Sorry. Um, it's the uh, it's the jasmine tea. I, it's actually peppermint. I don't have the. I need my companion tea. Yeah, I haven't got any yet. So again, I took refuge in thought. Suddenly, it occurred to me that perhaps I'd misunderstood the portent of what I'd read in Wireless Weekly. So I betook myself back to the office. What a way of expressing yourself. Uh, seized Wireless Weekly and a dictionary and started to do some investigating. Risque, what did that mean? The dictionary said full of risk. So I thought full of risk, eh? Like exceeding the speed limit or crossing the road without looking each way. They didn't seem to explain anything. So I took the next word, indecent. After all, a girl in my position, so much in the public eye, if you see what I mean, has to be careful. It feels like a stand-up set. I I, I was going to (laughs) say, it actually is reading like one. But also, uh, can we talk about the level of investigation? I'm going to pop into 11 Neighbours and whack out a dictionary. Yeah, and it's it's stand-up, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's literally like, where's her pulitzer or, yeah. or walkley or whatever it's it is. It's good. Um, anyway, so she goes, it's quite a long one. Um, offensive, so uh, indecent means offensive to common modesty. We were off. Modesty was the word that tricked me there. So I did some more uh, delving. The meaning was given was chaste. Chaste meant virtuous. Virtuous meant righteous. Blah, blah, blah. She goes on. Um, yeah, so... Um, I sh- uh, sh- uh, my purpose at the outset had been to check up on the not nice jokes and recordings heard from radio stations and I hadn't found any. So maybe Mrs B was right and I should have finished there. I don't care much. It's almost New Year and I want to hurry up and start breaking my resolutions. Julia. That's it. What a, what what a, a great sick- article. I know. She's actually full of chewed. I quite like it even though she's done absolutely nothing for the some knowledge of humankind. <laughs> but, I mean, nor do we in stand-up. Absolutely not. Right? But she is a journalist, so, you know, perhaps her job is to do something a little bit more. This is one of the first articles <laughs> that I think we've had where I actually want to meet everyone involved. Right? Like, I want to I go to Mrs B's for four and a half hours. I would like to. hear all about her leg. I want to hear about what happened to her leg, mm. you know, and um, why is she having so many kids? Like, you know, how does she feel about that? Yeah, what's the deal there? What's the deal there? So, Julia is a journalist. A journo. And people were complaining about indecency on the radio and she's like, I'm actually going to investigate this by talking to the neighbours. Exactly. That's extraordinary. She spoke to 11 people, decided that none of them had heard anything offensive and therefore it didn't happen or she didn't care. That's actually, the, the end thing is just basically she agreed with her first neighbour and said she didn't care. <laughs> and she just wants to break her – she wants New Year's to come so she, she can break, break her, her resolutions. resolutions. She, it shows what kind of woman she is. Like, do you think? I love her. Um, she's – what's the word – um, rebellious. Mm, mm. I love that. Also, uh, there's something to be said in there about the people who were like, <laughs> <laughs> the people who were like, oh, no, I didn't hear it. Can I hear it? Yeah, what? they're like. <laughs> and if someone tells me like, oh, did you see that really fucked thing yeah. that so-and-so said so offensive? I'm like, I have to see it. Well, you can see how algorithms work mm. on social media. It's outrage. The moment someone mm. shares a thing that's fucked, everyone's mm. like, oh, I'm going to share that. That's sick. Mm, exactly. You know? And it's like if something goes up and someone's like, hey, that's offensive, you should take it down, it's the best way to get everyone to Absolutely. see it. Absolutely. Mm. I know. And even those like clickbait stories about celebrities, you know, are they going out because he's going out with someone else and why is, his, why is he giving her a coffee? You I'll know? read them. <laughs> yeah, I'll read them. I'll have an opinion. I'll form an opinion yeah. on yeah. these things. That was a great article. I thought it was a bit of fun, Sarah. Yeah. Like there's nothing to be said because the article said it all. There's no fun to be made mm. because it was just great. Nice to see a bit of a woman doing some funny writing mm. back in 1939. I like to think that Julia has like a column. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, because it kind of reads and like yeah. every week she um, publishes like pithy commentary on whatever. the. But also the um, the feminist club. 
And the housewives. Yeah, I know, the housewives association. I'm I'm going to fucking Google that mm. later on and and see if we can find anything that they had to say back in the day. So they were offended by it. Is that? Yeah, they were offended. Offended by. It. I'd love to hear what. And like I'm like the other neighbours. I want to hear what it was. So we're casting the the feminist club and the housewives association as as the kind of conservative. Yeah. Uh, party in this, well, you know, potentially mm. even feminist. Mm. Well, I mean, they were feminist, um, and and the the offending joke is that they said something not nice about a German. Uh, no, 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 not at all. So what happened was um, the feminist club and the housewives association heard some uh, alleged they heard something indecent and inappropriate mm. about women or something. Mm-hmm. But when Julia went and did some listening, all she heard was a joke. About a German, you know, right? Okay. So she hadn't heard anything negative about women, and nor had eleven of her neighbours. Um, <laughs> if they heard it at all, I mean, classic. Mm. I mean, quality assurance just wasn't around back in the day, no. was it? Like, you couldn't claim that as research these days, could? Oh, no. you probably could. Fuck news cool. Are you seeing <laughs> some of this? I was going to say, do you see some of the shit that gets published now? Possibly, yeah, it's yeah. true. But I mean, you couldn't take yourself seriously. No. As a journo. But no. she didn't sound like she did either. I mean, you're an actual journalist. Is the well, I used to be. Yeah. I guess if you're not doing something, are you that thing? Mm-hmm. It's like, anyway, I'm getting a bit deep. Um, I still we don't, don't understand. We don't do that on this podcast. No, we don't. Yeah. It's not the place for it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still wonder why she called it Julia in search of a word or through darkest dictionary with rod and gun. What does she mean by rod, rod and, and gun? Rod and gun is, um, uh, I know it as a fancy. A clothing shop. F- like, like country style clothing shop. Exactly. Is Rod and Gun the radio program? Well, I don't know. It's a bit confusing. Um, I didn't look that up, but um, yeah, if anyone knows what Rod and Gun in 1939 meant. My guess would be that it is the radio program that was in question. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it was, um, oh, it was, uh, it was a magazine. I don't know. Maybe that article was, was, um, Okay, maybe that article was in a magazine called Rod and Gun. Mm, makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. Great. Fascinating. So that's my little story, Sarah. I love that. That's great. That's a really, really good one. Thank you very much. All right, we'll take a little break. Let's do it. Okay, we've taken a break. Great. I'm still burning my tongue on the hot hot travel kinto thing, I see. Really? So you think, have you flown too close to the sun? Is it too hot? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? But it's perfection. I'm, I'm, I want it to burn I, my tongue. That's what I want from this kind of. Can I just say one of my favourite say? I know it's so odd, but like it's just describing someone as flying too close to the yeah. sun. I just love it. It is hilarious. It really makes me happy. It's dumb as. But I use it in like when I eat too many donuts. I'm like, oh, I flew too close to the sun there. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> like slightly out of context. One of my favourite sayings of yours mm. is when, and I'm sorry if I've, I'm repeating myself, but it really is worth it. When I compliment someone that's a musical comedian or like a, oh, yeah. a, a female friend <laughs> or anything mm. and you just come out with, I'm sorry, I can't be her. Yeah, I stand by <laughs> Sorry, I can't be Julia. Whatever. Love that so much. <laughs> sorry, I can't publish edgy articles. I use it all the time. It's so funny. Well. What do you got? I have an article that I found quite moving. Here we go. Uh, and I also have some research. <laughs> my friend Jess said you say research. Hmm. That's my buzzword. I, I'm glad you did research because I don't often do the it. The other option is to not do research. No, do the research. I'm doing research. I have research. <laughs> <laughs> I have a maximum of 10 and then I get boosted seated mm-hmm. out of this couch. Okay. So uh, mine uh, has no author. It's called Women and Housework. It's from the Evening News. That's Sydney, uh, Thursday, 4th of July, 1901. Oh, my God, you're going mm. back. Yep. Love that. I just re- It's a short little article and I really loved it. It's called Women and Housework. Is it any wonder, asks a woman in a magazine, that women dislike housework when nobody, save some overworked drudge like herself, sets a just value on her toll? One great reason for her dislike is because men do not appreciate what she does. Keeping house, from a man's point of view, means three meals a day and the beds are made. Plenty of housekeepers work more than 10 hours a day and don't cost their husbands £10 a year for clothes. Yet, if all the underpaid housekeepers should go on strike, the whole industrial force of the country could not step in to do the work that will be left undone. 
A great many women dislike housework. Who blames them? It is an unending round of worrying, wearying cares. The dishes a domestic woman washes in her lifetime would make a monument as high as the Eiffel Tower. The stitches she sets would run into leagues. The food she cooks would aggregate tons. But when she comes on her last day of life, very likely she's out of bread and the cookie jar is empty and the neighbours come in and wonder how she got along with so few sheets and pillowcases. All her unceasing toll has failed to make an impression and the utmost is that is said of her is that really the cellar stairs in that house was something dreadful. She's judged by what she failed to do, not by what she did. Not till a just value is set on women's domestic labour by those to whom it is, it, it is executed. Not till a man recognises his wife as his partner and ceases to feel warm round the heart, thinking how generous he is because he gives her things. Not till then will the woman of today be ready to give up her independence and their independent incomes in order to practice the domestic virtues. <gasps> what a fierce boss, mm. babe. What? Who is this person? Uh, no, no author. 122 years ago. Oh, man, it fucking still stands. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still surveys that say women do the bulk of the... Funny you say that. Uh, (laughs) Good, you did research. Yes, Queen. Uh, The last census. Uh, Great. uh, Because when it comes to stuff like um, unpaid domestic labour, things like wage gap, people are just like, "Mm, it's like it's a myth. Well, here's some actual data (laughs) from the actual government. (laughs) Uh, So I'm referring here to the uh, last census and I'm also referring to the Workplace Gender Equality Agency publication, Insight Paper, Unpaid Care Work and the Labor Market. So get staffed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is – we cut to 123 years later to today after that article was written. Wow. Uh, some highlights. Women spend 64.4% of their average weekly working time on unpaid care work compared to 36.1% for men. This is today's Today. stats. Yep. Uh, tw- 2022, so oh last my year. God. Uh, there is a gender time gap in unpaid care work of an average of two hours and 90 minutes per day, which means that for every hour Australian men commit to unpaid care work, Australian women commit one hour and 48 minutes. When children are born, men's time on housework tends to decline, even though the overall domestic workload increases. In addition, men's paid work usually remains stable during this life stage, indicating that becoming a parent does not result in big changes to the father's paid or domestic workloads. This is straight from that inside Mm. paper. The last thing I'll say is that the monetary value of unpaid care work in Australia has been estimated to be $650.1 billion, the equivalent to 50.6% of GDP. However, unpaid care work is not included included in the calculation of the GDP. Oh, man. It's ugly. It's mm. it's probably going to be ugly for many yeah, years. Yeah, I was going to say not to be all grim, but that's just yeah, it's grim. what it is is that. It is. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm, exactly. I mean, you know, I was lucky enough that I had a partner that actually did shitloads of the care, but that is an anomaly. Well, that was one of my questions. What was the work like, work and childcare like for Chris, question mark? Oh, my God. Mm. Well, I had a great partner, mm. you know, so he did um, – heaps around the house if anything Mm. he did more than me because Mm. I was often on the road and um I think I did cooking I did Mm -hmm. the cooking and Mm -hmm. and I probably liked the laundry what about like when your kids were born and then you came home oh yeah what did that look like well that was um we relied on his income so he had to be at work I think uh, that's. I think that's what happens. That's what happens isn't, because isn't that men what usually make more money than women. It's just yeah. the way it yeah. seems. So it kind of makes sense. It makes sense. It makes like sense. it would be irrational for me to keep him home and me to go out for my shit job where I don't get paid much. You yeah. know. Um, so yeah, we we just kept the highest income, mm-hmm. and I stayed home and and breastfed my children and, um, you know, tried my best to look after them. Yeah. Um, and but did did people say that you were so lucky to have a hands on partner? Oh yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I think so lucky. So lucky. So lucky. Well, I know my mum thought it was brilliant. My mum kept saying how wonderful it was. You know that, that he was yeah. performing the role of a parent. Well, you know, yes, mm-hmm. um, because I think you know because my dad was had a very very high powered job when mm-hmm. I was a kid and was often travelling and um, and so mum was very much the home caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess uh, yeah, I had it pretty good, um, mm-hmm. which is a shit like you were, you that's really... not a great story for the story, but um, oh no no no, but that's an anomaly. Uh, exactly you know? right, mm. yeah. Um, and then what? <laughs> what is your relationship to housework? 
Me? Yeah. Now that I live on my own? Both. Okay. I I like I, visual is important to me and mm-hmm. smell. So mm-hmm. I, I oh, <laughs> uh, give me a fucking candle. <laughs> Jesus, I love it. So I like things to look clean. Mm-hmm. Um, even this tiny little space, mm. I will vacuum quite regularly because I've got the weird mat. Mm. The weird um, mat is okay. The weird mat is mm. a sensory foam, fucking memory foam it's um, mat that I got from the internet from Muscle Mat, and they can sponsor us because I've fucking <gasps> sold about three of these. They're great. They're fucking great. So, um, but it has this kind of velvety look to it, such that I want to vacuum it and make it look neat again. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I want to care for it because it's the most valuable thing in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like it to look neat and tidy and clean and I do like to clean my bathroom quite regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I wash my sheets once a week. I don't know. Is that a vibe? I, mainly I like to feed myself well. Yeah. Um, so all of this home stuff, I because I'm away so often, I fucking love yeah. being home and looking after my little nest yeah. and feeling like it's mine and that yeah. it represents me. It's like a brand. It's like part of my brand. I mean, I, I enjoy putting on a podcast um, and doing my cleaning. Yeah. But also it's I literally like I'm only cleaning for myself. I think I'd probably not be as happy about it if I had to clean up after like five people. It's really lovely living on your own because mm. you don't negotiate anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're negotiating with yourself. Do Absolutely. I do it now or am I doing it later? Mm. It's Which not- often a, t- a tough negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty brutal uh, exactly. brutal arguments on both sides. Exactly. Uh, to that one. <laughs> yeah. So it is – we're kind of lucky that mm. way, Sarah. I yeah. mean, I guess that's one of the great things about being single, you know, mm. is that you don't negotiate on how you want to live yeah. or what you want to do with your time. Yeah, exactly. Because I um I'm uh, obviously 33 and and single, which is is a bit of an anomaly. Uh, yeah. You know the tradition. I don't know. Is it? I think a lot of women in their 30s are single. Not. Yeah. I think increasingly not. Yeah. But you know you get the like oh you'll find someone when you least expect it. It's like I'm not looking, mate. Like mm. I'm not on the hunt. Because I would rather be like I'm so content, like you know, putting on my podcast and cleaning and like yeah. dictating my own schedule. And it's like the prospect of being alone, like that doesn't frighten me no. at all. The prospect- You're very good at it. Like you, oh, you have a, a rich life, mm. and I know you do heaps of self care. Yeah, and but heaps of mates. I would rather that than like live with a partner who is like less than satisfactory. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, totally. Of course. Like, um. I, I guess for me, having lived with someone for 26 years, mm. I do remember when we first moved in together, it was a real, it was a real shock to the system. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd only had a few flatmates before then, oh, housemates. so you kind of, yeah. yeah. I hadn't done a lot of share house living. So wow. this was like one of my first real share house experiences. Well, no, I, well I assume you were sharing not only a house, but a bedroom as well. So well, you yeah. Could, you know, have like your own like stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. And then I, I remember this is, and this is not speaking out of school, um, I remember when I first moved in with the father of my children, I strangely snapped into this 50s housewife type vibes. Mm. I started cleaning up around the house and like doing all this stuff and then resenting him. And he's like, <laughs> I did not ask you to do that. How funny. <laughs> oh my God. I remember a relationship I was once in. Uh, it, it ended for me when he was telling someone like, oh, yeah, she makes me breakfast and coffee every morning. And I heard that. And, you and went, it was an out-of-body experience. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely fucking <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a nice – but I'm just it's like – It's nice if it's reciprocated. Yeah, it just gave me the ick. Yeah, okay. The thought that I was doing that for someone. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's different. Wouldn't you say it's a nice thing to do if, if you feel like you get something else in return from of them? Of course. Yeah. And also, like, relationships aren't transactional, but just the way it was posited was yeah. like, this is, you know, this is what I expect. This is what oh. I get every – and I'm just like, yuck. Yeah, yucko. Mm. Yeah, it is difficult to move in with someone and I'm mm. not sure I ever will again. Um, you know, it's like, kind of – do you have to? Yeah, it's mm. kind of sick waking up by yourself. I have a theory. What? I reckon people – I was going to say our age but probably my I age. feel like I'm your age yeah. but I'm not. I reckon we're going to end up in like share houses. Yes, queen. When we're 80. Like yep. it won't be the old care homes. It'll be golden girls. It'll be golden girls. It'll be a five-bedroom house with one live-in yes, carer. Please. We'll all have our own bedroom. We'll all have movie nights. 100%. Can I tell you, mm. I did um, some work for the YWCA in Canberra. What's that? Um, the Young Women's Christian Association mm-hmm. it used to stand. It's a feminist organisation mm-hmm. and I'm actually doing some work for them. I'm doing an MC job for them later this month mm-hmm. or next month. Um, and they – championed this project where 
they literally got older women, older single women to live together in a share house in Canberra. I thought and I, I got to, so hard. I got to interview <gasps> these women. It was sick. And were they loving it? They were loving it because they get to, you know, they feel safe in this home. A lot of them, like, they were struggling prior mm. to this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, apparently the new cohort of, like, homelessness is women over 50, 60 mm-hmm. who don't have good super because they were caregivers when they were young, um, who perhaps have lost their relationship don't have secure work mm. because they didn't get the education that's secure. You know, like, so there was a lot of... Horrific. Yeah, cycle, so that, yeah. so this was a solution for older women who mm. were homeless oh, so, living together yep. in a share house. And I just thought, fuck, yeah. I think it's genius. It is. I'm sure there are logistics I'm missing, but in yeah. theory... I'm sure so it is good. hard yeah. to, as an older person, move in with a group of people. It's like any share house living, mm. right? Mm. Um, but what a good idea. Mm. So it was a kind of a um, progressive thing that the ACT government helped fund, I believe, the, a- the YWCA to do. And the ACT government's notoriously progressive. It's always leading Australia it on... Absolutely a- is. It absolutely is. It is, yeah. It absolutely is. It's sick. I um, I think that uh, isn't there a, like, sort of a pandemic? Because we're living, living um, older and older and it, I feel like like it would be so lonely to be an older person by yourself. And I feel like one of the great things that that share house sort of model does is you just, you have house. I just think it's great. I think it's great. And they'd sometimes, you know, I think they, you know, one of them loved um, like, you know, knitting another played piano or something. I just, they had their own little things they did. They also got on each other's nerves a little bit, Mm, but they could escape to their little room. Mm. And um, it was just a really good vibe. Mm. It was a good vibe. Uh, I, I hope that it worked out. Like I, I don't, I haven't followed that project, but I'd be up for that, Sarah. One hundred percent. Let's if, do it. If we're Let's single and like we need somewhere to live together later in life, when I'm half dead and you're like my age. Um, <laughs> you know what's so weird is when you were like in your twelve, I was being born. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Great, great, great. I'm like getting, if I had I'm getting a, the most fucking evil. If I this. had had a child back then, you would be my child. Oh my god. If you'd had like a baby at seven. In year twelve. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that's fucked up. Um I wanted to end on for a positive me, note. Personally, uh, for me personally. For, <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, you'll be talking to your new psychologist about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> um so the University of Melbourne Research. Oh my god, the, I love this. The University of Melbourne um, has a like research program called the Future of Work about that is set up um, to look at solutions to this mm. hundred and probably hundreds of years old problem. Yeah. Very obvious solutions: uh, universal free childcare, uh, paid caregiver leave, and long term payments for people who are caregivers, and that includes mothers raising, raising mm. children. Uh, comprehensive reform that allows fathers or the other partner, the non-primary caregiver, mm. to be caregivers without penalty or loss of career yeah. progression. Yeah, that's critical. Uh, and then to no surprise, uh, people have developed apps to manage the mental load of running uh, a home. Okay. So there's this app called Mellow uh, where it treats the parents as a team and you share the mental load wow. and you assign tasks to each other. But I'm just like, so that'll be – I can't imagine. That'll people. be the primary caregiver organising organizing and giving, giving the other person things up. to do so and true. like adding extra work to that. So true. And then the other one, the other app that I found was this one that's like basically a virtual assistant. So it's like you give them all your family stuff, like things that need doing, yeah. and then they organise it and do it as much as possible for you. But it's like a virtual assistant. Oh, okay. But I'm like, at the end of the day, by the time you organise all that, you can just do it yourself. Oh, man. Mm. It, it'd be tough out there. One other thing I think is worth mentioning, and I, this is just anecdotal, this is not research. Um, it's not interested then, so <laughs> we only do research. I, I do think young people, and I could be wrong, in anecdotally in my conversations with them, they're just choosing not to have kids. They're mm-hmm. just like, nah. Yeah. Um, and, and I can understand why those people that choose not to have kids go, well, you guys chose to have kids. Um, mm. It's not really our problem. Why should the taxpayer be funding this? Or, mm. you know, and I do understand mm-hmm. that. It was my choice. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have kids. Um, I don't know whether it's. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a co- complex situation. I haven't thought about it. It's just, I'm just saying stuff out loud. You're, oh, lo- no. you're looking at me like I have had a lobotomy. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking it's like each though, like people don't want to have kids, but then like I still think there's the expectations that you should want to have kids. Oh, yeah. I still think that. And yeah, again, I'm sure. anecdotal, but I think it is prevailing. Yeah. But I mean, 
also no one's listening to old people anymore. So That's true. I'm not sure that that expectation is as strong as it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um, It should also be said that uh, all this research uh, definitely Mm. categorises people as, uh, you know, mothers and fathers, but there are very many diverse families. There certainly are. A family, I literally had a song in uh, my show last year about it, that a family is exactly what you make it. So true. And we acknowledge that not every family has two parents, not every family has a mother and a father, that caregivers come in all sorts of different forms. I love that. Mm. Love that. It's true. What made you write that song? Uh, so for context, the song is called family friendly and what made me write it is when people say, oh, it's a family friendly show. What they mean is that there's going to be kids there implying that the only real family has kids and it's like, oh, but there might be families there without kids and like, no, we mean kids. So it's like, say child friendly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Because like not every family has kids. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like I would describe some of my friendships as family. Like I would, I consider some of my close friends family not related, but, yeah. you know, they yeah. serve all the, like, the relationship is akin to a family. Mm. Um, but, and also just acknowledging that, yeah, family comes in all shapes and sizes. And as you said, if not everyone's having kids, does that mean that, you know, how millennials are killing everything? Are millennials killing the family as well? <laughs> <laughs> we're killing the diamond industry. Uh, Good. We're also killing the cemetery industry, apparently. Oh, okay. Why? Because everyone's getting burnt or yeah, exactly. com- composted. Exactly. What but else? Cemeteries are nuts. Mm. I mean, it's kind of nice to go and visit a grave, I suppose, mm. but... But they take up some amazing space. <laughs> you sound like a real estate developer. <laughs> but also, like, I just think there's something cursed about knowing that your house was built on an old cemetery. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Do you say cemetery or cemetery? Cemetery. Oh, you ask me these things and then I don't know the answer to Is them. it research or research? <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you look very smug. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, well, I think we've actually just about done the deal. I reckon um, we've known. What a wide-ranging Honestly, it, episode. it was. Mm. There was a, we brought a lot to the table. I think we did. Including your song. We did. What a treat that was. Absolutely. Perhaps we could introduce that as a semi-regular thing, but I don't want to go through your entire catalogue. And also, what would I be contributing? Nothing. We could just do some clips of you doing stuff. Oh, yeah, great. Oh, what about just voice recording of your ideas? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. I've got some in my phone. They're god-awful. Yeah, I've got some real shockers. Oh, anyway, we loved being with you again. Thank you so much for listening to us. Remember, sign up to our newsletter um, on our Instagram uh, or email us at Chris and Sarah Weatherpants at gmail.com with your pants moments, your thoughts, your vibes. We love hearing from you and thank you for listening. See ya. Bye. Bye. She's still going. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.